We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Previously on Gresh and Fourier. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that how many batted balls the Kansas City Chiefs defense have. They have 19 batted passes this year. They get their hands on balls. But then, yeah, they love putting their hands on balls. They got big hands, too. Got it. And they squeeze them. So they can reach okay. the balls wherever they're coming out. Yeah. Uh, what now? This is Gresh and Fourier. In the 2022 AP, most valuable player is Patrick Mahomes. To the Chiefs organization, Clark Hunt, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, the staff, and most of all, my teammates. I would never be standing here today without y'all. Every day, giving everything that we have together to go for the ultimate goal, the Super Bowl. Let's continue to go for that dream this weekend. Andy Gresh. What kind of guy, what kind of leader is Mac Jones? Uh, he is he a great guy. He is a great leader. He, he hasn't got to display that because he was going through frustration. He was, he was going through an emotional time yeah. right now. And I think as he grows He'll understand where he messed up or where, you know, sometimes he just got to cover his face and talk. Christian Fourier. Let's not sit up here and disrespect the Boston Celtics, what they have over there, the, one, the deepest roster in the NBA. When it comes to the Eastern Conference, Boston has been the best team in basketball. They do have depth. They did add Brockton. Robert Williams will be available in the playoffs. Tatum and Brown are stars that are reigning defending Eastern Conference champions. I would give Boston an edge there, KP. Gresh and Fourier. Right now. And the Utah Jazz will get Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook in the lightly protected 2027 first round pick from the Lakers. On WEEI. Oh, yeah, baby. It is the Friday before the Super Bowl. You're going to be able to hear the Super Bowl right here on WEEI 1005. Welcome in to the best 1005 to 2 p.m. show in the country. Baby <laughs> Gresh and Fauier. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Super. This is like. Uh, this is one of the, uh, it's weird for me. It, it's like I get unbelievably excited and nostalgic about this time of year. Please explain I while just, I fix it Twitch. Is, it is just an unbelievable, it, you start thinking about the, you know, the, like think about it. Like it's the one time in your life, if you even have this opportunity, where no matter what you do, like you're the most important person on the planet. Like even if you don't play, even if you don't play, Everybody, whether you you're winning an Oscar, whether you whether you got an Emmy, whether you, doesn't matter how much money you got, everybody lines up, pays a bunch of money, pays ten times much for a room to come see you. Just you. Now you may not even play. You may be one of fifty two, but everybody right then and there, eighty million people watching you. Even if you're not playing, so you just really feel good about yourself, right? You feel really, you feel really important. You know, you get a police escort everywhere. You get in the front of the line of every club that you go to. People are buying you drinks, and then when you lose, Gresh, whether you lose or whether you win, you have this unbelievable post-game like celebration. So even if you lose, mm -hmm. there's a set of now you know this, right? There's Been a set both. of singers, one, one after a win, one after right? a loss. Yeah, so I feel like that is 
Like, I remember Lionel Richie playing, like, ballerina girl or, like, you know, oh. right in front of me, you know. And was just that after a win? It. That was after a win. Oh, how terrible is that? You win the Super Bowl and then you're like, oh, like, I loved it. No, I mean, it, it wasn't all slow songs. Mr. Kraft gets up there and he's like, all right, guys, here we go. We won the Super Bowl. Your entertainment is Lionel Richie. No, no, two rooms. Oh, my no, no, God. no. Here's the thing. You got one room had Lionel Richie. Yep. That was like more of an intimate. You're sitting at a table. He's just sure. busting out on his piano. And there then the other room. Eight people in that room. No, packed. packed. What? Not like now. See, now now what they do is they sell the entire package. And you, oh. They, it's like too many people. I hate to say it. Fans have ruined that. They've ruined it. It, it used, to, it be used a, to be fun. It used to be a private party. Friends, family, close, you know, all that stuff. And and so Lionel was in run, one room. And then as you walked out of that ballroom, you went to the bigger ballroom, but it was still small. Yep. And then there's Snoop Dogg. There's Black Eyed Peas. There's you know, uh, uh, Chris Rock. Not Chris Rock. Um, uh, I can't remember what his name was. Chris, uh, not Chris Brown. I hope. No, I can't remember <laughs> who it was. But you name it, the hottest acts were right there in front of you, in arm's length distance. Right. That's that's what's cool about it. People want to know. Oh, it's so fun. Well, obviously, if you win, it's unbelievable. Once in a lifetime chance, and uh, you know, memories that you'll cherish forever. Um, but the after parties. Either way, you're you're having fun. Wasn't didn't Gronk like get in trouble for People, like, dancing well, up on the no. stage Hold uh, on. after a loss? Gronk didn't get in trouble. It was fans who were all over him because of the, you know, oh your ankle was hurt and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know he numbed it up to be able to try yeah. to play, <laughs> but he it was wasn't still good enough. On it. Right, but it wasn't good enough. <laughs> so <that's why. laughs> well, I also think that was one of the first times that maybe fans were able to kind of infiltrate what. Used to be a private party. I hate it now. Where you let select people in. And yeah. Listen, it's I like have 8,000, 10,000 people in these like <sighs> massive auditoriums, and it's just, you can't even get next to, to anything. Well, I know we're going to talk to Malcolm Butler at noon yeah. and uh, the Super Bowl, where, of course, he made the big interception. Mm-hmm. That was one of the last ones that I went to. And unfortunately, I bought, I brought my, or I got tickets, and my wife and her liquored up friend from Denver. Uh, I think I dragged them out of there at 5 a.m. because I had to be on the air at 7. And then I had to get them back and get yelled at and then go on the air and then get yelled at again because I dared bring them home instead of standing there at Rick Ross or whatever and taking Ah, pictures with Chandler Jones. Meek Mill. Well... (laughs) Meek Mill, my great close personal friend. Come uh, on up here. I'm going to sing a verse for you. Well, Super Bowl 57 is on Sunday. You'll be able to hear the game right here on WEI. And in the city of Boston, you'll be able to listen to it on the uh, Odyssey app. The NFL honors were last night. We'll unpack those coming up more at 11 o'clock. But as expected, Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. Brian Dayball did win the coach of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year was Nick Bosa. Offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. There are some things to get to. Four and I will uh, get to that in the uh, 11 o'clock hour, but let's start with the Celtics and the trade deadline. Gary Washburn's going to join us in a little over 10 minutes from now to sort of break everything down, talk about the buyout market. And Foyer, listen, I was I was wrong, but I'm still happy. And here's what, what the reason we, oh, why. Nothing else? Yes, I thought Brad Stevens was going to find a way to be able to use that Dennis Schroeder trade player exception and all that stuff. Well, he did use it. Well, but there was, what do you mean, on Muscala? That's how, uh, that that was a Dennis, I feel like Muscala was the Dennis Schroeder. They acquired him because of that, no? they traded uh, Justin, what's his name? Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, we went through that yesterday. 
but in terms of going and adding more, I thought there would be a wing. I thought there would be someone else. I thought Brad Stevens would be able to find someone. And when you look at all the trades that went down, there wasn't a player that got moved that would have fit the Celtics perfectly because the one thing I wanted was some action. But the one thing I didn't want was a move just to make a move. Make the right move. And I think Brad Stevens has been really good at that, whether it's finding Malcolm Brogdon, whether it's getting Mike Muscala, where you start to dig in more on Muscala and you see that he's another big who can shoot threes. And maybe this is a guy that can profile like an Al Horford from that respect. But I was a little disappointed that there was a more foyer, but I'm not but I'm not devastated at all because if it would have just been, well, we got Muscala and we got this other guy and we're going to try to fit him in, if it wasn't the right fit, I would rather Brad Stevens just take the step back and be a little more aggressive in the buyout market because we know they do have some advantages. Yeah, there. Milwaukee didn't do much. Uh, Philly didn't do much. Uh, you, the Celtics, you didn't do much. And it looks like the buyout market will be – where you can add Robust. another. Yeah, but okay, so again, it's just like uh, Muscala. Like, what do you do? Do you really think that he is going to be this, you know, obvious, just, you know, difference maker? Like, is he, is he like a regular season guy, like in the postseason? Like, what is he doing? Here's, like, what, he, trying to- here's what he is. He is, uh, again, because he can shoot the three, I think there's a little bit of that sort of matchup game that you try to play. And let's remember. You know, when they played Milwaukee last year, right, there were certain matchups in terms of getting certain bigs on the floor that the uh, that the Celtics were able to take advantage of. And for me, it is the, this guy's 6'11", he's big, he can shoot threes. So if you want to really put a group on the floor that can shoot the basketball, you now have two different bigs to choose from in terms of Al and Muscala, and then however you want to work the rest, Brown, Tatum, uh, Brogdon, Grant Williams. Basically, it's adding another guy who's got the ability to force a big out of the paint and have to come defend maybe near the three-point line like you have to do with Al. And if Al gets dinged up, you still have the same similar big that Joe Mazzulla, to me, doesn't have to change his coaching style or really his rotation. Yeah, very because much. if you put Cornette out there and you're trying to stretch, you're trying to stretch no. everybody out. Like nobody is really threatened by Cornette taking Correct. a three pointer, so they lag and they play deeper inside, <laughs> and then that creates a uh, you know more opportunity, just more help for some of the other defenders. And you're right, you put him out there, you actually are going to have to. You can't do what Doc Rivers says, like you know, dare shots. Like, you know, he'll shoot it, and he's shooting close to 40%, so the odds are that you have to respect him. You have to at least kind of, you know, show him some respect and you know because he is a threat. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. No, no I'm, I'm fine with it. I didn't think they were going to do anything of any significance because they really don't need to. Like, you're really just covering every single angle that you have. You're trying to give yourself more, you know, versatility. I call it, you know, position versatility, team versatility. Like, that's what you have. Well, I think when you have the better the team, the harder the fit. Because what do you mean, the better the team, the, the harder better the better the team, the harder it is to add someone. I got some guy chirping to me, yelling at me like, oh, you're a fraud. The Bruins don't make a move. You'll kill them. The Celtics are somehow Teflon on this station. It's like, bro, the trade deadline is coming up, and the Bruins are pretty good. 
And the better you are, the harder it is to say, well, if I can replace this guy or if I can replace that guy. Think of the discussion that we had yesterday about Grant Williams. What was it all about? The future of his contract. And eventually, where are they going at that position with Grant Williams? Is he going to be an $18 million a year guy here? Or are they just going to hit him with a restricted tag next year, keep him for one more year, and then maybe reserve their right to move on from him? I think the better you are in sports where you don't have 53 guys on a roster. Like in the NFL, there are certain things that you can cherry pick because there are so many guys on a roster that it might be easier to go make an addition. But when you're talking about really, and let's be real about this, nine guys that are probably going to play in the postseason, maybe 10 at the most, you have to find the right fit. And in both those sports, you have salary caps that do make things different where if you don't have another team that's willing to play along, look at like Von Miller and the Rams. Denver played along to be able to get those picks. They repurposed Miller's contract so the Rams could go get him. In the NBA, that's a little tougher to do. That's why they have this whole buyout market. So to me, in those sports with smaller rosters, the better you are, like, say, the Celtics and the Bruins are right now, I think the tougher it is to find people to not only blend in, but who are you pulling off the roster or who are you sitting on the bench to bring in said person? That's why, to me, in in those sports, it's tough. And that's why I'm okay with Brad Stevens. He, He got the one thing. That if we said bare minimum at the trade deadline, Fourier, what do the Celtics have to come away with? They need another big. They got another big. And if you could really, if we, if I really get everything I want, I'd like a big that can shoot. And and it looks like they got a guy who, even though he isn't the great shooter, and Lord knows, listen, if 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 playoff wins are hanging on Mike Muscala, then more has gone wrong with the Celtics than we would have ever imagined. Selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
watch us, love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Don't forget to ask your smart speakers to play 93.7 WEEI. Brad Stevens came away with the minimum, and I think it was smart that he didn't do anything silly. Let's get the thoughts of Gary Washburn, who is, uh, of course, national NBA writer, covers the Celtics for the Boston Globe as well. And I would dare say, and not that Gary and I aren't friendly, but an FOF, a friend of Foyer, as Gary Washburn joins us uh, on the Harbor One Hotline. Gary, good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm great, great. How you guys doing? Well, good. And look, I, I don't know if I'm just being overly optimistic or not, Gary. I thought they had to get a big. They bring in Mike Muscala. I thought come hell or high water, there was going to be a way that Brad Stevens was going to use one of those trade player exceptions and go snag another player, maybe like a scoring wing, and it just didn't materialize. I kind of look at it as the, I'm glad you didn't try to get a square peg into the round hole. How do you view what Brad Stevens did yesterday? I thought it was a nice move. It was kind of a sneaky move in the sense that people, unless you're a real basketball fan, you who Mike Fuscala is, uh, you know, he played at Bucknell. He's been in the league about 10 years. He's a guy who's kind of been a stretch four uh, throughout his career, can shoot from the perimeter, can stretch the floor, can uh, play a, a position that the Celtics need. He's kind of like a poor man's Danilo Gallinari, you know. So, and that's kind of what they needed. They needed somebody uh, to come off the bench at times that, that can stretch the floor, that can shoot the ball uh, from the three-point line. And it, it, just another big body with, obviously, Al Horford kind of taking the second game of back-to-backs off and being 36. And Robert Williams, you know, them trying to basically keep him in bubble wrap until the playoffs. They needed another big big guy that can come in there and, and also and shoot the ball. So I thought it was a sneaky good move. But I also think Celtic fans should look forward to the buyout mark uh, because that could be something uh, where they can get another pivotal or uh, impact player uh, over the next 10 days. So, okay, explain the buyout market and who you think may be available if you have one uh, for the people who may not know what that even is. Well, the buyout market is now that players have been traded Some to teams that the team has no intention on playing them. They just basically traded for their salary. So now the player can approach the team and say, hey, buy me out, let's come to a settlement, and then that person gets waived and then becomes a free agent. And that's where teams like the Bucks, the Celtics, uh, the Lakers, and the Suns, and all these teams are going to start picking up players. There's going to be a, a bunch of guys out of this market, guys like Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, uh, John Wall, um, uh, a guy I think the Celtics could target, Terrence Ross in the Orlando match. There could be guys who ask for buyouts now that they haven't been. Some teams, guys, uh, teams didn't trade them. And so they're asking their team, hey, just let me out. We're not going to the playoffs, not going anywhere, I'm going to be a free agent, let me go, and they want to play for a championship-caliber team such as the Celtics. So that should be something to look out for. And then you you decide at the minimum salary, so the Celtics aren't stretching their salary cap as much in the buyout market. So that's what you could look out for. I didn't think they were going to pull off some major deal yesterday uh, to get you know a, a guy who might be a little bit too expensive for them. Gary, I had read about the whole Danilo Gallinari, and there was the exception there of $3.2 million with the offset for him being injured. 
do the do, does that re, does that give the Celtics an advantage in the buyout market? You mentioned the minimum salary. Do the Celtics have the ability to come over the top of of the minimum salary if they want to, or is it just a matter of the money's going to be the same for all these guys, and it's really just their personal preferences to where they want to go? Yeah, they could slide someone into to that exception, and that's a little bit more money than let's say the veterans minimum. Uh, and that could attract a guy who wants to make a couple of more hundred thousand dollars or maybe another million dollars. Uh, I think it's going to be a situation for a lot of these guys. You know, these guys are going to want a, a chance to play. They're going to want a chance to win. Brad Stevens has to get the right guy in there. You don't want a guy who comes in there and expects to play 25, 30 minutes a game and you're playing seven to 10 and it's, then he starts, you know, pouting and complaining. You want the right kind of guy in who you explain to him his role. You say, listen, you're going to play 10 to 12 minutes a game. There might be games you don't play, and that guy has to be okay with that. Because as you, as you guys know, you put uh, the wrong guy into a locker room, a guy who thinks he's entitled. Let's say you don't bring Russell Westbrook to Boston because Russell's going to want to play. You know, Russell's not going to be good with DNPs or playing eight minutes a game. You, you, that's a guy you stay away from, or a John Wall. There's guys you stay away from. But I think there'll be a, a handful of guys who should be available over the next couple of days that they'll look into. So we're talking to Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. But Gary, what about what uh, the Celtics didn't do, what Brad Stevens didn't do? There was a rumor going around uh, about uh, how the uh, they offered uh, the Celtics offered Gallinari, Gallinari uh, Peyton Pritchard, for Jakob Portal, who ended up going uh, to, I think, Toronto. What do you know about that deal? Yeah, it's it's something they threw out there, but San Antonio wanted more draft capital. San Antonio is a team that's kind of blowing it up. Um, they don't, they're not going to do the Celtics any favor. So uh, they made a deal. They got kind of a capable, another big man back in Kim Birch uh, to go to San Antonio and, and then got like draft compensation. For that deal, Pirtle's a guy who's going to be a, a rental player. He's an impending free agent, uh, a guy who could definitely could have helped the Celtics, but but I don't think that they were really serious, serious about getting him. They made an offer, but they weren't going to give everything to San Antonio to make the deal happen. Toronto was looking to kind of ramp up to try uh, to make you know uh, get a better spot in the, in the playoffs. Gary, I'm curious for your view on Grant Williams. I know Foyer and I did a lot of chatter yesterday about Grant, and I was kind of wondering if, the, if if Brad Stevens did trade Grant Williams, was it pure contractual-related, trying to almost reset that spot from a contract standpoint? I know they can give him a restricted offer next year of just a little or right around $6.3 million, but where do you think the organization is with Grant relative to him being here long-term? I think they'd like him here long term, but they also got to prepare for the future with other guys too. You got to figure out, okay, so Jalen Brown has one more year in his contract. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to bring him back at the max. Then slowly coming up is Jason Tatum. Okay, so Jason Tatum's gonna get that. I want to say the five year two fifty kind of deal. Like he's gonna you're gonna max him, right? So you're gonna max both of those guys. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do long-term with Robert Williams. There's a lot of other guys kind of in line in front of Grant. So the fact – the rumors that Grant wants $18 million a year, like they're going to have to figure out whether they feel like he's worth that. And, what what, what you do know, you think he's worth? Wow. I, I mean, I think that if you paid him four forty-eight, you know, something like that, 12 to, to, to $15 million, I think that would be a – kind of that fits him 
20 in the 20 range, but the, but that's what he's going to ask for. Obviously, I mean, you're going to ask for as mo- much as you can get, and you and there could be a team that makes a, an offer this summer for that if they feel like Grant can be like let's, let's say they're starting small forward or starting power forward. So it all depends on what the league thinks, and the Celtics have the right to match any deal. Now, a team like Charlotte or whatever, where where Grant's from, could come with the salary cap space and say, hey, we want to offer you four years 80 million the Celtics will have to decide whether to match that if is does that not only is Grant Williams worth that money but how does that affect how you pay other players because they got to prepare for Jalen Jalen's the one that's coming up and obviously Robert in a couple years so they've got to prepare for other guys when you draft a bunch of guys around the same time around the same age a lot of those guys come up around the same time and this is the situation the Celtics have found themselves in remember when Danny Ainge got all those draft picks back, and you draft those guys, and those guys flourish, you're going to have to pay them. Gary, what are you hearing on the injury and the severity of such to Jalen Brown? I think Jalen will be out through the All-Star break. I think he'll try to come back after the All-Star break, uh, that January, sorry, February 23rd game against Indiana. I just think they're going to want to let the swelling go down, fit him for a mask, have him get, have him get used to the mask. And I don't think that they want to bring him back, you know, right before the All-Star break. You get a full week off. Obviously, uh, you know, unless something miraculous happens, I think he misses the All-Star game. Um, let him rest. Let him get the spelling down, and then they'll bring him back. But I think, obviously, he'll he'll have a mask, and they'll have to figure out how to play with that thing. All right, so Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe. Gary, last one for me. Mid-season report card on Joe Mazzula. I give him A-, minus B plus. I mean, best record in the league. Uh, they've really adjusted to him after obviously all the upheaval that happened in September. Um, you, you, you can't, I don't know if you can give him a better grade than what he does. Obviously he's got some quirky coaching styles, the, the lack of the timeouts. And you can say that he's, you know, you could criticize him for, for, for playing Tatum and Brown, especially Tatum a lot of minutes or maybe too many minutes. But I think from what he's inherited, the situation, you got to give him an A. I give him an A. Uh, I just think yeah. he's done a tremendous job, number one lead record uh, in the NBA, um, and, and the, the train didn't go off the tracks when he took over. You know, Gary, I'm kind of glad Christian asked that question because at what point does the name Ime Udoka start to come up considering we heard it was a one-year suspension, but Joe Mazzulla is proving that he can do the job. Yeah, I don't think – I think they're going to have to figure out a contractual way to get out of the situation with Yudoka. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll coach the Celtics again. I think Missoula will be the permanent head coach, but I think it's just contractual at this point. I mean, let's be honest, he's coaching the All-Star game. I mean, that's – no one would have imagined that. And he's probably – you know, there's a couple of guys, you know, Mike Brown in Sacramento, but Missoula will definitely get coach of the year votes. So uh, I think that you can't take this away from him at this point. You just got to move on from Yudoka. And honestly, the Celtics need to do this sooner than later. And don't let this linger into June and July or what, when this when the suspension ends. I mean, you just let, let Yudoka go and figure out what he's going to do for the rest of his career. And then if you if you know, put your chips with Missoula and move forward. 
Well, I'll tell you, I think Phoenix, now that Kevin Durant is out there with the other crybaby and Chris Paul, and apparently Monty Williams and uh, what the big man DeAndre Ayton don't get along, I smell a late-season trade. You can trade a coach after the deadline. Ime Udoka to Phoenix. There we go. It'll make Kevin Durant and the rest of them happy out there. Oh, boy, that would be interesting. Uh, I'm sure Monty Williams <laughs> has something to say about that. But, Monty yeah. Williams is a hell of a coach. I just don't know if uh, that might be, like, the right situation for him given some of the uh, <clears throat> personalities out there. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good coach. And remember, guys, the Notre Dame job is open. So and that's where Monty Williams played ball, oh. college ball. So well, it's like a pro out, team. Yeah, look out for exactly. Look out for that. I'm I'm sure they want to be more competitive in basketball. Hey, I, I, I lied. This is my last one. The, uh, <laughs> the 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 situation now. The whole player empowerment movement. Do we think that that's over based on like the 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 life lesson that the that the Brooklyn Nets just went through? Yeah, I think that'll affect the whole thing about quote unquote super teams yeah. and guys collaborating to play together. But that was also kind of a Kyrie Irving issue there. I mean, if if, if it's anybody else besides Irving uh, joining Durant, it probably works out. But but it was just so much upheaval there. And obviously, Kyrie, you cannot rely or depend on him. Let's see what happens in Dallas or wherever he plays next year. But obviously, he he seems to had have had a lot of issues with how they handle things in Brooklyn, and he's he's, he, he's talking about it. Um, and he's bad mouth. Yeah, I don't say bad mouth, but criticizing the organization, sort of like he did in Boston. But we'll we'll see how how this goes uh, long term with this. But I I do think that you know, and remember, guys, the, the collective bargaining agreement is coming up. Okay, so the owners are going to try to take some stuff back. The player, you know, the player empowerment's one of them. Load management. Some of this, these guys just taking games off and chilling and. And on the sideline eating popcorn, like those days are going to come to an end. They're, they're going to have some. They're kind of something in, in the in the collective bargaining agreement with, with games played and conditions because I think the owners are a little tired of these guys kind of taking you know every third game off. Uh, Gary, last thing we swear. What's your <laughs> vibe on Danilo Gallinari? I think he'll try to push uh, to make it back for the playoffs. We'll see. I mean, obviously. ACL injuries are severe. It all depends on how much he can. I mean, he looks in great shape. He's working to get back. I don't think he wants to rush back. Uh, but could he come back in, let's say, May, uh, which is obviously three, three, three and a half months from now for a second round series? I think because I don't know if they need him in the first round. I think that could be potentially happen. But I know he's doing everything to get back. It could be a situation where he does uh, come back for the postseason. Um, and remember, he's got a player option for next year, so he could be back next year. Good stuff. Hey, Gary, thanks for the time and the breakdown. We appreciate it. Catch you soon. Thanks, Thank Gary. You. Thanks a lot, guys. There goes Gary Washburn of the uh, Boston Globe. And I'll tell you this, man, Gallinari as an addition in the second round. That uh, could be a pretty big deal. Yeah, you know, it, um, a couple of things from that. Um, man, the, the the collective bargaining agreement, you know, shutting down some of these things, the, uh, the Ime Udoka Situation. You like that, huh? Well, I do. It's a great follow-up by you because it is interesting. Like, I don't think they have an email problem anymore. I don't think they do. Now, some people would say, well, let's see how the season ends. Well, I don't care. Even if they get there and they lose, they're not bringing Ime back because he went there and he lost. So what's the difference? It would take a first-round upset yes. for them Something to kooky, then be fluky. in the position to bring him back. Yeah, I just don't think... 
The thing with, uh, I mean, he gave him what? He gave him an A minus, B plus, you know? And I can't say just because they have really good players that it's easy. No, you still have to navigate. The, the fact that they that he was able to encourage and mo- motivate those guys to play against Philly, to beat Philly, I mean, I thought was, if that's not a sign of a coach doing his job, then I don't know what else is because you shouldn't have beat them. You shouldn't have. Right. You know, and maybe Philly had something to do with that and the fact that he shot so many three-pointers and made them. But still, still, you outcoached Doc Rivers. Here's the thing. There has been very little drop-off, if any, from the Celtics from the way they finished the second half of the season last year to now. It's really more rooted in last year they had to win with defense. This year, defense still matters, but they're better offensively. So some of those offensive numbers are going to go up. Maybe the defensive numbers aren't as good as they were under Rudoka, but that's also recognizing that this team is better than the team that he was coaching yeah, last year. Yeah. And and uh, look, I think the Phoenix thing, uh, somebody was chirping to me on Twitter about you know not thinking the KD is just going to lead them to a championship. That Again, it, it, babies out there, more NBA babies, Aiton, CP3, Durant, give those guys – two months to be around each other and they'll start picking away and you know Gary makes a good point on the whole Notre Dame thing yeah Monty Williams might be like yo I can go make six million bucks with a ton of facilities and everything I need to go win in the world of college basketball and I'm living in South Bend Indiana like well and, live, and a, live a good life on that pro, dough. pro coaches are more adapt to go from the pros to college because there's they're more similar now than they've ever been mm-hmm the fact that you can give them money, you can recruit them uh, with cash like you would a free agent. One and done is, so, in a lot of ways, one and done is everything in college basketball. I would say sometimes you may, with the amount of money some of these college players are making, it almost like makes more sense to stay in school. You know, that's going to start to happen in college football. Why would I leave? I'm making $6 million. I go right. to the league right now. I'm going to make, you know, who knows when I get drafted. It's a risk. I'm going to stay in school. I'm gonna make make a I'm gonna make a million and a half in Norman, Oklahoma, as a college student. Like, oh, the NFL might be able to wait. Now there are those who say, well, that's where the real big money is. If you're a first rounder, I might agree with that. Yeah. But if you're a second round you're a French pick, guy, you're not really sure. If you're a second round pick and say you're the quarterback at Texas Tech yeah. and you're gonna get big money to stay there, why wouldn't you give it yeah. another year? I'm I'm with you on that. Good chat there with uh, our yeah, guy great. Gary Washburn. Nice, no, fantastic. Uh, don't forget to ask your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. The Bruins are great, and they're back in action tomorrow afternoon against Washington. And well. Jake DeBrusque. Got to go private, my friend. We'll talk about DeBrusque and the bees next. WEI, WEI, New England Sports Original. You're listening to Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. I would dare say, and this is a pure assumption on my part, and I am uh, I am operating without knowledge or information here when I mention that uh, I am sure Christian Fourier, but at some point in your life, Uh-oh. you have flown private many times. No, what? I've, I've flown private three times in my life. Uh, once 
when the the first time was when the the then Washington Redskins brought me in for a free agent trip. They they picked me up in a private jet and threw and then flew my ass back commercial. Okay, so they fly me in on a private jet well, and they, they fly and they the let other, you know what they thought. Yeah, well, I agreed to it. I so by that point in time, I was theirs. The other time was with uh, Vrabel and a bunch of other guys. We flew and, and played in a golf tournament. And the other time was with with here, Retric Jet or something like that. Something one of those one of those jet companies. Uh, when you went to the Super Bowl, we went to the Super Bowl three times. So uh, I know every hockey player doesn't have big bucks, and I would dare say that it's probably a good that twenty five to forty grand maybe to fly from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada to Boston, Massachusetts. Forty grand? You think it's about forty grand? That's a guess. Because I'm going to guess because be I think least it's forty grand. Well, because I think one way. For eight people, because I did a little research on yeah, this. Yeah, okay. To go from like Boston to Vegas, private, Ooh. or something like that, you're in the, I think it's in that neighborhood. Now, again, I don't know. I've never done it. I could yeah. be way off. I have no idea. But Jake DeBrusque had a flight canceled and, well, he couldn't make it back on time to be at practice apparently yesterday when the Bruins were getting back out on the ice. Jim Montgomery had to come uh, out and say, well, you know, uh, Jake had a little issue with his flight and couldn't get out of oh, there, no. and he was in Edmonton. Oh, no. And first of all, he spent time willingly in Edmonton. Yeah. So there is that first and foremost, right? But at least we know Jake DeBrus wanted to come back, and maybe next time him and some other players might pull some money together to where they can control their own schedule. But the Bruins uh, got back out on the ice, and Jim Montgomery yesterday said, "Not bad." surprisingly really good i expected it to be sloppy and uh man they were passing the puck they kept themselves in really good shape it looked like because that was not an easy practice it was very brisk getting up and down the ice and we didn't see people huffing and puffing and they were scoring a lot of goals which is good all right so they came back and they were ready to go and got that first practice in and now the bruins will take on washington tomorrow night at the garden and i'm so reluctant to say as the second half of the season begins, because it's really kind of more like the final like third of the season is about to begin. And, of course, trade deadline coming up at the beginning of March, and we'll see what Don Sweeney is going to do. But I think the biggest thing for me tomorrow afternoon, Christian, is will they look like the Bruins after the first period? To me, it's like you get that first period dispensation, all right? You're getting out there, you get the sweat, you're working back up again. You get the feel of uh, of other players, other bodies, the body contact, the speed, all that stuff. I'll give you the first period to figure it out. And then after that, are the Bruins going to look like the Bruins that we saw for the first half of the year? Yeah, I would say um, based on how mature this team is, uh, I would probably say you get three periods of high-end hockey. That's what I would say. Do so you think they're just picking yeah, up where they I, left I do. off? Interesting. I think, I think that, uh, I mean, they've been so wired and connected in, in, in really every single phase that a break was just physically and mentally what they needed. I think, first of all, the season's way too long. It's way too long, but whatever. Um, no, I think they come back refreshed. Uh, re, re, uh, just re, reinvigorated. Yeah, but just, yeah, okay. this is what they need. This is what they needed. Just, just a quick aside, though, real quick. You okay. mentioned mentioning DeBrusque with the plane and not oh, getting yeah, back yeah. to that. So he, he, did he make it in time? He made it. 
Uh, I don't think so. I think when Montgomery was given the press conference yesterday, I'm pretty sure when they asked him about it, he was like, oh, he's supposed to be landing shortly. So to your point, he did make it, but I don't think he was there in time for practice. Okay, just a quick aside to that, because whenever there was a uh, bye week, the standing uh, rule was, the standing speech was from Bill was, and don't call me the day you're supposed to practice and telling me that your flight was canceled <laughs> or that you missed your flight. Don't, you know, that was like, don't go ahead. I'm telling you right now, don't be late. So don't be stupid and try to cut it close. Fly back the day before you're supposed to be here, not the day of. There is that. I just, I thought that was funny because here he is stuck in Canada. He can't and, get his ass yeah, back. And, and I would, did, even if I, I didn't yeah. even make a lot of money. I you would, would, two days, oh, you'd no. be back two days ahead. I would, you? Right, I would be like, who can I call that has a private jet? Well, it's going to cost you 80000 I don't care. I would have paid the money so I would not be that guy that rolls in late Wait and Bill uses my name the the rest of his career. So you were so you would have been so afraid in the Jake DeBrus scenario of Bill Belichick Absolutely. that you yep. would have spent yep. an unreasonable amount of money <clears throat> to yep. fly and get back. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to know why? Here's the name. What, what when I say the name John Freeze, what do you think of? Uh, crappy quarterback who played in San Diego. Okay, you know what I think of? What? I think I think of one of the only guys that never made his uh that never that that didn't pass his uh, uh conditioning test. John Freeze. Even I he did didn't that. pass. It couldn't pass his conditioning test, and the rule was: hey, if you don't pass your conditioning test, you have to keep taking it till you make it. That's like like. And this is amazing. No, I no, and everyone references John Freeze, who I played with. Good guy. He's not very athletic, but dude, that test may be the easiest thing in the world. So easy. That dude couldn't make it. Bill brings his name up every year. Yeah, I'm, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. You're not. I'm not being. You're part not John of this. Freeze. No, 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 no. Like Fourier. When I told you. Yeah, nah, nah. like even if like a Super Bowl, he he would reference you. You'd be constantly being called up. No way, no way. Oh, uh, don't blame it on me, Chris. Well, uh, I'm not blaming it on you, Bill. I'm just saying, like you scared me straight. You he scared you into what? Well, you're right, it. straight. You got back early, yeah, or you didn't really go anywhere. Nope, stay right in my house. And that's the thing about the bees too is that they had a like what it was like ten days off or Forever. something like that. Yeah. But anyway, sometimes... Who went to Cabo? Who came... I would say, like, let's find out... Those we can, plane we can, issues. Let's figure out, like, uh, we can figure out where everybody went based on uh, their tan. Do you think, though, that Montgomery or, like, did, that there was a dedicated assistant? Like, again, I know in, in the world of college football, there would be the assistant where after, like, a, a Thursday night or something, there'd be the guy walking around going... <laughs> Who really? try to smell who had the booze on their breath or who was going through practice and sweating it out? Oh my god! That you see? Oh my god! But I wonder if there was. I wonder if there was like somebody on the Bruins staff that was just skating around going to see if somebody had just like the alcohol well, sweats because they went and partied for a week. Well, there is that, and then the the, the teams are lots of they they had a in house travel agent. I don't think they don't have travel agents anymore. But you would they this so she. If you were really in a jam, you could call her and she could just, you know, do her little thing. And, and then boom, and then you're yes. done. Yes, and that was a last resort because obviously she would end up having to tell somebody that you were panicking because you wouldn't use her unless it was a last resort. And that's when also, like, the coaches and other team personnel would know that yep, you're scrambling absolutely. a little bit. Yeah. And either way, you're getting your balls Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Well, we head into hour two of this Friday Gresham foyer. We will get into some Super Bowl breakdown coming up at 1125. But up next, they handed out the awards last night in the NFL. And Christian Foyer, like Frank Costanza, has got a big problem with one of them. You're going to hear it next. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.